0: Hello people, good morning, namaskara. I am Rashid Kappan welcoming you back to DH Radio. The recent rains had Bengaluru city in a complete mess when several arterial roads were flooded. Why is this happening year after year? To discuss this critical issue in detail, we have with us today urban planning expert Ashwin Mahesh and environmentalist and member Friends of Lakes, Nagesh Aras. Listen in. Bengaluru city came to a virtual standstill when one of its most critical mobility options the outer ring road was flooded recently now this is bound to repeat elsewhere right so what really happened and is there a real way out of this mess Ashwin would you like to start with that
1: okay one thing i want to first draw attention to if this thing had not happened on outer ring road not that many people would have been concerned There is a lot of stuff that is happening in the city which hurts a lot of people but it's only in some cases that we pay attention to what's going on. But broadly, like I've said on many other forums, there is a design problem, there is a governance problem and there is a political problem. The design problem is that we've never really had good input into how roads should be constructed. Everything is wrong. The location of the drain is wrong, the shape of the drain is wrong, we don't have adequate surfaces pits to absorb water where the rain falls. We needlessly transport large amounts of water into low-lying areas. We build rectangular drains instead of cylindrical drains. When you put all of this together, you're almost certainly going to get flooding and you're also going to get block drains in various places which then overflow. This is the reality. That's the design side of it. The political side of it is that contractors who do this kind of work are chosen deliberately because they are the kind of contractors who are willing to work with the politicians, especially in the kickbacks and the scams involved in construction. Therefore, there is no political interest in changing any of this. And without the political interest to change any of this, we have been doing the same thing over and over again. It's not the first time that we are running into a problem like this. This has happened again and again. And each time we ask the same question, each time, unfortunately, the answer is the same.
0: Okay. Nagesh, you must have experienced the flood directly uh, since you stay close to the area where this happened. Yeah,
1: but I would like to add
2: to what Ashwin has said, actually. On the broader scale, uh, the entire systems are not designed properly. What I mean by systems, you know, again can be broken up into two parts.
3: One is the road network design. The other is the lake system design or rather our water system design. And both are wrong and the interaction of both is wrong. So Ashwin pointed out what is wrong with the interaction part, which basically interaction between road and the water system. But I would say the water system itself is designed wrong. Number one, we have not calculated how the lakes can actually play a part in buffering the water when it rains. And anyway, the lakes are never desilted. So they do not play that, uh, you know, designed role number one number two most of our lakes do not have sluice gates so that rain management and the flood management cannot be done thirdly our disaster management cell has to come out with the delineation of flood plains for each lake or each area and it has to actually correlate the amount of rain with the flood which occurs in every area they do have all that information but it is not shared publicly And first of all, the question is why we should live with that flood? If it is so correlated and so predictable, then why don't we do any action on that? So all that is missing, actually.
1: I would add one more thing, Rashid. There is at least anecdotal evidence now from the last several years that rainfall patterns in peninsular India are changing especially storm patterns from cyclonic activity, is different, I feel. Now we are getting a lot more storms in peninsular India than in the past. We are also seeing the increased likelihood of back-to-back depressions in the Bay of Bengal. All of this means that the likelihood of intense rainfall periods is changing. And for this, the storage infrastructure has to be different. The storage infrastructure in any geography has to be appropriate for the rainfall pattern of that geography. And when the rainfall pattern changes, you have to rethink the storage infrastructure as well. They are doing this in Chennai finally. Yeah, we have to start rethinking this in Bangalore also.
0: But due to climate change, rain pattern changes have accelerated, right? Do you think the infrastructure growth in Bangalore can really catch up?
1: The systems can be changed so fast, the slow pace of infrastructural growth is a political problem. It is not an engineering problem or a technical problem. Who is stopping people from responding to these things? We don't even have a Bangalore minister. Who is going to respond to these things? By design, the political system has kept things the way it is, because it suits their political agenda and their vested interests. There is scarcity in all the things that people need. There is mediocrity in all the things that they do. Together, this creates and fuels corruption. From the politician's point of view, this is very convenient.
3: Any emergency, a crisis is an opportunity, a political opportunity for them. That is how it works, basically. And one more thing is, if in the normal monsoon, so far, we have had 60 wet days spread over 7 months. So, there is actually, you know, the effect of one rainy day actually, you know, has adequate time to recover. Now, what Ashwin pointed out is that luxury is no longer there. If we are not prepared for the earlier system, then how can you expect this to work now?
0: Now, Ashwin, coming back to the road problem, you in one of your recent tweets cited how low road density as a key factor for congestion, particularly in the eastern part of the city.
1: Well, you know, if you take a certain area, In order to be able to move through the area in different directions, you need a minimum density of road infrastructure. This does not mean that automatically you are encouraging vehicular movement, even to encourage public transport, even to encourage walking and cycling, you need the pathways. But if you look at satellite imagery of Bangalore, what you will see is that the newly developing areas in the east and the southeast don't have the road infrastructure at all. Very large communities of housing and very large complexes of offices have come up in areas with very minimal road connections. therefore, you get phenomenal amounts of congestion. Backups are routine simply because there are no alternate pathways. Whereas, if you look at areas like some of the you know western southwestern areas, the Banchankris and the J.P. Nagars and the Jainagar, and even some areas north of the Ring road you will find that there are multiple pathways which provide alternatives. Without all of that stuff the load on the existing infrastructure is extremely high on the east side of town and when it rains this becomes an unbearable road.
3: Now one more thing is that ORR in particular has got more than almost like 40 to 50 giant software tech parks. These are all destinations for the daily road trips by people okay. And it creates a tremendously lopsided traffic pattern, which no uh, you know, system can tolerate because, you know, by design, they are supposed to be mixed population so that the distribution of road trips actually get evened out in all directions. So, you know, a bus which carries passengers in one direction can carry back, it can carry equal number of people in the return trip. But that doesn't happen. So you will see traffic jams on one side of the road, the other side is practically empty. And the situation reverses in the evening, you know. So, that is a very typical uh, scene because we had this kind of design and this kind of land use. Both are interrelated.
1: No, but the non-existence of BMLTA also is a factor in all of this stuff, right? There is no planning authority for mobility. Yes. yes, And you see a different problem, if you ask me, because there is a Metropolitan Planning Committee in law The fact is the government has not bothered to appoint anybody to that committee and the committee doesn't do any work. As a result of it there is no planning and their insistence that BDA should do everything as per the old way has meant that frankly there is no master plan at all because if you do things in the old way somebody will block it in the court and you are unwilling to do things in the correct new way therefore between the two there is no plan. This is the reality.
3: And then there is the way to do it one thing at a time. So there is a parking policy separately and it is discussed separately, settled separately. Then we come back to, you know, the metro separately, again discuss it separately and settle separately. Then we talk about something else. So there is no integration. Land use and mobility are not considered together.
0: You mentioned poor drain design, which has triggered floods in many parts of the city year after year, monsoon after monsoon. The response from the BBMP has been to remodel the trains. But crores of rupees have already been spent on it over the past several years. Despite this, why are the roads getting flooded? Why is it not getting addressed?
3: That is because, again, Ashwin actually pointed out that there is a political dimension to it and there is a engineering dimension to it. I would like to point out that there is an administrative uh, dimension to it also say for example there may be engineering wise they may be okay but the administration part the organizational lacuna is there also Say for example BBMP has got two chief engineers one looking after drains and one looking after lakes but they don't never interact so the problem with that is the water system is common between these two things they are two different elements of the same water system unless the lakes and drains are considered together they're labeling their uh, water carrying capacity, their buffering capacity, everything has to be done together. But if you ask the CE lakes, he will never bother about the lake, which is a feeder system for him or a drainage system for him, okay, but he will not be able to interfere with that part. And conversely, the drainage chief engineer will never know what is the lake person doing. So because of that, the whole thing is crippled.
1: I'll also point to three engineering issues in particular which are at this local level. On any road, the drain should be next to the road and the footpath should be next to the property. But that's not how it is in Bangalore. In Bangalore, the drain is next to the property and the footpath is next to the road. What this means is that it is difficult to gather water from the roads into the drains and you are needlessly running various pipes across the drains into each of the properties and these pipes become part of the blockage of the drain's flow as well. This is one problem. We actually reversed this in Tendershaw. There are about 10 or 15 roads in which this is not true anymore. So you have the right placement of the drain. But in BBMP there's one more problem that when they finally do the right thing in one case that does not become a learning experience for future application. They will actually celebrate and widely hail and popularize what they are doing in that one case and quietly go back to doing the same thing that they were always doing previously in every other case. This is what's happening with both footpaths and drains in all these so-called smart roads that they are building. If they are so smart, how is it that you are not using your own intelligence to apply them on all roads and you are only doing them on 15 roads? It's an obvious question but nobody wants to address. The second thing that is wrong is that we should have cylindrical brains. But cylinders are not easy to manufacture. You need to be an engineering company with a molding capability and casting capability to make cylinders. The average BBMP contractor cannot do that. And these guys don't want to get rid of that contractor and get an engineering company to do this job. They want these contractors because these contractors are their allies in the political space. So because you choose the contractor before you choose the project, You end up with only what that contractor can deliver. That fellow doesn't have anything. In fact, it's only after he gets the contract that he even buys machines or rents them in many cases. This is the political side. The third thing is that in many parts of the city, the large infrastructure for water flow is not below the rest of the infrastructure. There's a gravity problem. Pipes are of various sizes. You have to set this up in the right way so that the larger pipes are at a higher depth. Therefore, water flows naturally from the smaller drains into the larger drains. But if you get all these heights wrong, the water flows are all mixed up. And therefore, that creates its own spillage as well.
0: So when we talk about BMLTA, agencies like the BWSSB, the LDA, that is the Lake Development Authority, are very critical to road development and traffic, right?
1: That is why the constitution and the laws envisage a metropolitan planning committee across all sectors. Problem is... The silos have become political turf in which various politicians play local chieftain-type roles. And no one really wants integrated planning because that sort of gets rid of all these systems. And the minute you fix one person as responsible, it's actually much harder for the government to be evasive about it. Today it's much easier to say this is not our problem, somebody else has caused this problem. If you ask BBMP about the roads, he will say, oh, these BESCOM people have left all their infrastructure on our footpaths. If you ask BESCOM, he will say BDA has not provided enough space for installing all our infrastructure. If you ask BDA, they will come up with one other reason. So you can keep rotating all of this endlessly. But if you have one entity that plans all of these things together, there's no question of rotating. You can't say that, you know, my left brain did not talk to my right brain.
2: Now engineering wise, everything has to be integrated, see, more than the administrative part of it, see, BMLTA probably could turn out to be an administratively unifying body, but engineering wise also they have to be integrated. Now, for example, the two chief engineers of BBMP, why they are not talking to each other? After all, they, they report to the same you know boss, right? But they, they still don't interact, they do not plan together, why? Now, do we need a BMLTA, an outside agency, to bring their heads together? I don't
1: think so. There's one more thing that can be done. I think we need to create a Bangalore Infrastructure Development Authority, which is responsible only for execution of works, but it should be responsible for execution of all works. We have the opportunity to do this. We have a Metropolitan Planning Committee, which is supposed to play only a planning function mapped to it, you should have an executive body, which does all the execution. Because separating planning from execution also is important. You look at what BDA is doing. They plan badly and then execute badly. If you ask about the bad execution, you will say somebody has made the plan wrongly. If you ask about the planning, they will say that, well, the execution was wrong, the plan is fine. So you can't have the same body doing both.
2: One one simile occurs to me, actually, it's like, uh, you know, now army actually divide, you know, reorganizing itself into theater. Like that we have to actually functionally bring everybody together where the systems are interacting and closely related to each other. They have to be done by a closely related group of engineers, number one. Number two, there has to be administratively close relationship between these functions and the you know, the the distinction between the generation and distribution as in case of uh, electricity, we also have to say that planning is done by different agency and execution is done by different agency. I think together this can bring the reforms.
1: I would also add the people side, Rashid. That is, in each of these boards, the Water Board, the BMTC, the BESCOM, all of these guys, in each of these entities, there should be at least two people who are directors of those entities, who are actually representatives of a broader public interest. They are not functionaries of the government. How to choose them, who they should be, all that we can talk about. But if every single person is a functionary of the government or a political appointee, you look at BMTC, if you look at its board members, you will be wondering what their connection to transport is. Same thing with BWSSP. Most of the people on the boards of these institutions have nothing to do with the skill needed to run that entity. I don't know if it's still true, but until a few years ago, BWSSB did not even have a hydrogeologist. BMTC does not have any transportation planners except as consultants. Essentially, these entities are all functioning without any internal competence. And they say, no, no, we can get all of this through consultants, but that's not true. That's like saying that every day you can, through consultancy, run your own house.
0: Now, Ashwin and Nagesh, since we are running out of time, I have a last question. Nagesh, you also mentioned about the need for communication for thousands and lakhs of end-users, the road users. The Karnataka State Natural Disaster Management Authority had come out with an app called Mega Sandesha, warning motorists about flooding on roads, big, small and arterial. Do you think this technology can be a solution?
1: Not by itself. We talk about ICT, Information and Communication Technologies. The first thing to remember is that it is not I alone, it is C also. The technology is only useful when the information that it you know, creates or manages is communicated. We have lots and lots of stuff that we gather and store, but it is not adequately communicated. The Pollution Control Board also does the same thing, for example. So, in a sense, we have to treat these things as technologies for the communication of information. Not information and communication technologies. So only when the information is communicated can we consider the technology to be complete. Today we are going through all kinds of things, collecting all kinds of data, the average person doesn't have any clue. If you are really creating all of this information, figure out how to make it appear every day in the newspaper and three times a day in the radio stations, merely saying we have collected it is not enough.
2: In case of say uh, a seaborne uh, storm, let us say, you know, they simply hoist uh, flag number three or whatever and warn the fishermen not to go to the sea because that is out of control. But why should uh, we accept that you know the, this area is going to be flooded if those uh, you know, factors are controllable? So it doesn't make sense to predict a disaster when the disaster can be avoided in the first place.
1: Yeah, I was in KERC, and I asked, every week in the newspaper, they will put some advertisement from BISCOM, which says, oh, in, tomorrow there will be power cut in the following areas. Nowhere in the world they do this. There are systems of circular power supply, which ensure that you can continue to supply the power while the upgrades happen. You can't say, I'm going to shut down power to your house for two days, and that's how I'm going to provide you a better service. The shutdown itself is a kind of bad service. But no one actually looks at the latest technologies available to do these kinds of things and incorporates them.
0: Okay, Ashwin and Nagesh, thanks a lot for coming in and sharing your valuable insights. I'm sure this topic is too vast and can go into several episodes of DH Radio. But thanks anyway. It's been a pleasure talking to both of you. Thank you. And that's all we have for you today. To keep you updated on all things news and views, head straight to decaneral.com.